All right. So let's get into the word this morning. Um, open your Bibles with me to the book of Haggai. And just stay right there. Haggai is a book. <laughs> a book is a book no matter the size. Only, only some of you got that. It's from Dr. Seuss, you know. Anyways, um, <laughs> so here's what we're going to talk about. First things first, the, the principle of first, okay? And um, I'm going to give you some examples. I'm going to go as quick as possible, but I want to make sure that we understand what we're talking about because here's what I want to know. Whenever I'm starting something new, whether it's a new marriage, whether it's uh, a new year, hopefully... <laughs> I'm talking to the single people. That went wrong. I'm not starting a new marriage. Don't start a rumor, okay? I'm very happy with the one I have, and I will never change that. Why'd you have to call me out like that, babe? You got scared. So... Whether you're starting a, uh, a new year, maybe you're starting a business, maybe you're, you're, maybe you're restoring a marriage, maybe you're restoring a family, or maybe, maybe you know, whatever it is that you're starting again, I want to know what's step number one, because one of the biggest things is people don't know where to start. Where do I start? Where do I start? Where do I start, right? And then there's people that are down the line in, you know, in life, in things, in projects, in businesses, and everything seems chaotic, and then they realize, oh, I guess I should have started here. Has that ever happened to anybody? Yeah, it's happened to me, right? You're like, oh, great, what's wrong with the pancakes? Ah, uh, yeah, you didn't start with the right temperature, right? You didn't start with the right ingredients. You didn't start with, and so I want to know what's, what's the first thing, right? Because the Bible says that, well, I'm getting ahead of myself, so I won't. We'll get there. So if this, if this has happened to you, then this is, this is for you as well as it is for me. I want to know what's, what's the first thing, right? What, how my priority should be. How do I establish a good foundation to build, start, restore, start a new year, or whatever it is. And obviously, we're at the beginning of this year, so it's great timing to have things in place, okay? Stay with me. Where God is first, the rest is blessed. And you're going to hear me say that many times throughout today, okay, where God is first, the rest is blessed, okay, your day, you know, decisions, um, hey, even parenting, budgeting, finances, everything that, that you do, there's a principle in the Bible, there's, there's a principle of first, and where God is first, the rest is blessed, and we see it over, and we see it over, and over, and over, and over, okay, so many times I hear people say, you know, things like, you know, speaking about finances, um, well, you know, I, I was short, and I want you to know this message isn't about money, okay? Clearly, I would have preached this message before the end of the year to make sure we crossed the line, but that's not necessary, you know? I want to make sure that our foundation is established correctly. So there's people that sometimes I hear say, well, I just, I just didn't have enough money for my tithe this month, okay? And there's no judgment, no condemnation, right? Because God is a good God. He's a God of grace. He's a God of new beginnings. But there was something wrong with the priorities in that situation, okay? When somebody says, do you, you know, I don't tithe because I don't make enough money yet. 
there's something wrong with the priorities in that situation. Because where God is first, the rest is blessed. So there's something missing in this point, in this, in, in this person's life, okay? Many times, you know, in, in your life, there, there might be disorder in marriage. There might be disorder in health. There might be disorder in your relationships or in your parenting or in, or, or in your business. There might be disorder, right? There might, you might say, like, I'm really good on the finance area, but over here I'm having trouble, right? I've met very anointed people, very, very gifted and talented people that, that, that some things work for them amazingly, but then other things are chaotic. And I wonder why, what's going on, right? And if you take a, a deeper look into what's going on, you're likely going to find that this principle is missing in one of those areas of their life. Are you with me? Okay, so what is the first step to build to start, okay, is putting God first, you know? I want you to come with me to the book of Haggai. Now we're going to go there. And... Um, and again, I want you to know this applies to all areas of life. This is not just uh, finances, but finances tends to be one of the biggest things and biggest issues that, that people struggle with, right? It tends to be one of the things that brings more stress to marriage and things like that. So if we can get this one right, you know, we, we get a lot of trouble out of the way. So we're going to read a story here, and I'm going to show you, again, this principle and how, how it works in many areas of our life, okay? When I was um, 13 years old, I discovered this for myself in the area of finance. I was 13 years old. I received, uh, my grandma would give me money every month, and I would save it to buy toys. And uh, this, this toy I wanted was a BB gun, right? Just a plastic BB gun, and it was 300 pesos. Remember, I grew up in Mexico, okay? So we're changing currencies. <laughs> and so it was 300 pesos, and that was a lot. That was about three months of saving my, my allowance, right? So my parents always been tithers, and, but, you know, I was 13, so I didn't, really, I didn't really practice any of that. My needs were met. My parents took care of everything I needed. I saved up, you know, and my dad reminds me, as if I had heard it before, you know, because obviously when you're a teenager, nobody has to remind you things more than once, right? <laughs> Why are you laughing? So my dad reminds me, I'm like, you're going to go by yourself? Oh, you got all the money? Great. He's like, you, you gave your tithe, right? I'm like, I'm like, Dad, I have 300 pesos and, and the BB gun is 300 pesos. I can't afford to tithe. <laughs> you know? And he taught me, he's like, you know, well, that's not even yours. That's, it's, it's God's. You know, it's how you, how you give honor to God, how you're thankful for the 300 pesos that you do have. It's how you, how you move your finances from operating in this world to operating in the kingdom of heaven. You know, it's how you access the supernatural of God, the supernatural provision of God. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay, this is a really difficult decision. So I took 30 pesos, right, and I gave him the offering, and, um, and I... And then with 270 pesos, I head down to the store, okay? And I will never forget this. I head down to the store because we were just shopping for everybody else, and I was going to see if maybe there was a cheaper one or something like that. You know, I just, I didn't know. I was just window shopping now until I got 30 more pesos next month maybe. So I go in, and, and I walk by it, and guess what? It's discounted. And I bought it for 270 pesos. And I'll never forget that. I'm like, I'm like, 
God, you're amazing. How did you do this? Like, how did you, like, and it has never stopped since. And, um, you know, when we got married, I'm, I'm thankful that that wasn't a struggle, that we were both on the same page. You know, I, my, my spiritual father set a really good example for me. His name is Wayne Myers. He's in Mexico. He's an American missionary who's lived most of his life in Mexico City. And he gives away 90% of his income and lives like a king on 10%. And that's my goal. I said, like, when I grow up, I want to be like Wayne Myers. His motto is live to give, you know. And most people that have ever gone to Dallas and Christ for Nations will know him, you know, because that's his life motto is, is live to give, right? He's funded thousands of churches probably. He is, he is sewn into our, our Kenya orphanage as well. And I'm like, I want to be like him, you know. Because the Bible says it is more blessed to give than to receive. So most people want to give more, but they struggle to give more because of fear and doubt and the fear of lacking, right? But you cannot outgive God, you know. You can't outgive God. And so I, I discovered that principle. When we got married, we were in agreement. We give 20% of our income every month because 10% is the standard. It's like thou shalt not kill. Well, great, you haven't killed anybody, but can you love your neighbor? Can you love and bless your enemies? Okay, that's a little more difficult, and that's what Jesus came to do. He doesn't hold us down to the law anymore. He says, you have freedom, right? But I've raised the standard, and now it's up to you. I'm not going to condemn you if you don't. I'm not going to punish you if you don't. But if you do and you dare, there's greater blessing. There is greater provision. There is greater resources available for you. Are you with me? And so my goal, that's my life goal. I want to increase always in giving, in giving. I want to be a better steward. I want to be a river and not a dam. Because God can trust us when we don't need it. When somebody needs it, you're like Gollum. You know who Gollum is in the Lord of the Rings? And, he's, and his precious? Okay, I'm having a lot of references that I'm going to make you go watch movies, and that's not really the purpose. So, in that area, I discovered that a long time ago, right? A long time ago. And thankfully, in agreement, you know, and we continue to prosper and we continue to do that. We have never, ever decreased any year. We've always increased. And I know what you're thinking. Yeah, you have five kids. You've obviously increased. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about financially as well in provision, right? And it's not like I went and I got a new degree or, or, you know, got a better job or anything because God has been our provider. So he'll use anything he wants, right? Anything that he can use, he will use in your life. When you have transferred your economy system from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of heaven, right? And we do that by putting our trust in him and giving, right, of what we receive. Okay, so in the same way, when whatever... Whenever, wherever God is first, the rest will be blessed, right? And our life is a testimony. I would never teach on something that I, can't, that I haven't experienced myself, that I haven't seen, right? And so our desire is for people to walk in the same, right, and greater. So um, I discovered this at that age, and I have never stopped. I'm an addict to giving. And thankfully, I married another addict to giving. So now we sometimes need to hold back so that we can eat because we get too excited about giving <laughs> like okay hold on <laughs> let's be let's be spirit-led too you know 
It's not just, we don't, we don't give emotionally. The Bible says, you know, do not give out of necessity. Do not give out of pressure. You know, that's why you will never feel pressure from any of us coming for you to give. Because if it doesn't come out of your heart, then the seed is corrupted. The intention and the motive of your heart determines the quality of your seed. And so if you're being pressured, if you're like, oh, look at these kids. They really need your help. They're going to go hungry tomorrow. If you, and you give out of pressure, you've corrupted your seed. Because you didn't purpose it in your heart. You gave out of need. Are you with me? Okay. So remember, this isn't a, a message about giving, but giving is a big example. Okay. So where God is first, the rest will be blessed. Okay. Um, so let's go to Haggai now. And I'm going to read out of chapter one first there's only two chapters in this book you could set a goal and read one book of the bible today and read this one and it'd be easy so and Haggai chapter one and in verse six and we're going to read from verse uh, i'm sorry verse three and we're going to read through verse nine it says then the word of the lord came through the prophet Haggai is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains in ruin. So let me give you a little background. The children of Israel had just come back from the exile, okay, back into their town, and the temple had been destroyed 70 years ago. So the temple was in ruins, and people had just come back from being in exile. They had just come back to their cities, okay? And so this is what the Lord's saying. He said, whoops, it says, is it a time for yourselves to be living in your panel houses while this house remains a ruin? He's talking about the house of God, the temple. It says, now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Say, me, say with me, careful thought to my ways. Remember last week I talked about the two ways that we walk in. One up here and then one down here, right? So the Lord talks a lot about ways, not just a one thing that we do, but how we do everything. That is a way of life. That's a way of doing things. Okay, and God is saying, say, give careful thought to your ways. He's like, he's not just rebuking them. He's not just telling them, you're wrong. He's not saying, just do this. He's like, he's like, track with me. Let, let's think this through. Okay, follow me. What have you been doing, right? And he says, verse 6, you have planted much, but have harvested little. Hmm. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Now, how many of you have ever, besides Christmas, experienced like your wallet has a hole on it? Right? You're like, I just got paid. Where did that money go? <laughs> That's not a good feeling at all. Right? And so God is like telling him, okay, look at the evidence. Look at the facts. What is happening? What are you experiencing? This is not like me, right? It says, verse 7, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build the house so that I may take pleasure in it and be, what? Honored. This is how we honor the Lord. When we put God first, we are honoring God. We are worshiping God. It says, it says, the Lord may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. Verse 9, you expected much, but see, it turned out to be, what? Little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why? Declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house, which remains a ruin, 
while each of you is busy with his own house. Okay, now let's go ahead and jump to uh, chapter 2 and verse um, 18. Okay, so what happened after this word is that people actually repented. Okay, you know what repenting is. Repenting is like you changed the way you were doing something. You See, they tracked with the Lord and they thought this is what... Okay, this is what the Lord is showing me. This is what is happening. This is what I'm seeing. This is why. So what do they do? They had understanding. They turn around. They go the other way. And what they started to do is they started to build the house of the Lord. They started to build the temple of God. Right? Now, this doesn't make sense. If you think about it, if you, are, if you just come back to your hometown from captivity and your houses are ruined and the churches are ruined, where are you going to go first? You're going to go first and you're going to build your own house. But God is not a God that works the same way that we think. His ways are different than our ways. His principles are different than our ways. We are in a covenant with him that is a two-way covenant. Say with me, two-way covenant. Right? He wants to take care of us. He doesn't want us to take care of ourselves. So when we, in faith, we put him first, then he takes care of us better than we could ever take care of ourselves. Are you following this? Okay. So then, let's go to uh, chapter 2 and verse 18. And this is what happened, okay? So they went, they repented, they started working on the house of the Lord, and this is what happened. Verse 18 says, from this day on, and I love God, he is detailed. He wants you to remember the day, because it's very important. It says, from this day on, from this 24th day of the ninth month, any September 24th birthdays here? That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Okay, since Dan's birthday. Okay. <laughs> it says, give careful thought. Again, God is saying, like, watch, watch, pay attention, watch. It says, from this day on, give careful thought to the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Give careful thought. Is there yet any seed left in the barn? Until now, the vine and the fig tree, the pomegranate and the olive tree have not borne fruit. And watch, it says, from this day on, I will, what? Bless you. From this day on, I will bless you. What day was that? I know it was Dan's birthday, but what day was that? It was from the day they laid the foundation. So interesting. It was not from the day the temple was finished. It's from the day they laid the foundation. You know, what's so amazing is God's not like, all right, I'm going to wait to see. And then we'll see if we bless you. It's from the minute you purpose it in your heart. That's where the foundation is. From the, minute you pur- from the minute you purpose in your heart, okay, God is first. God will be first in, in my marriage, in my house for us. For me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. At the moment you say God is going to be first in this relationship, God is going to be first in my finances, God's going to be first in this new business venture, God is going to be first in everything that I do. From that moment, God's like, all right, here we go. I'm bless you. You're done. Isn't he amazing? It is so amazing because that means today, right now, here at church, you could repent of some ways, maybe the ways where God isn't first, and you could purpose in your heart, say, all right, God, I am sorry. And now you are going to be first in this relationship. You're going to be first in this restoration. You're going to be first in this business. You're going to be first in, in my finances. You're going to be first in my day, in my week. Do you know that you, by being here, you're already giving God the first day of the week. 
Because Sunday's the first day of the week. You didn't know that? You're starting the week right. From that day, and I love it that God is like, watch, mark this down. This is the 24th day of the nine month. Yeah, I don't know if you guys remember, and this is not the end of it. This is just a little bit, but going back to the building fund, a year ago, it was 2019, we sowed a $5,000 offering as a church into the church in Rocky Point. You guys remember that, right? So that was a year ago, a year ago last November, okay? And, we, and I, what did I say? I said, you guys remember this. We're going to see this. This is going to be amazing. We're sowing $5,000 to this church so they can build it, which I already preached that that church built and finished. And, and I said, you watch what God's going to do for us. And check this out. We're just starting to see. Like, this is crazy. Are you kidding me? In the middle of a pandemic, in six months, we raised almost, you know, $150,000. Like, who does that? But God is a good God, and he's a crazy God, and I love crazy. Because it's good crazy, you know. It's good crazy. It's amazing. <laughs> Take note. Watch. Pay attention to your ways, right? Where is God not first in your life? Repent and let's go back. Because where God is first, the rest will be blessed. Okay? I want to show you something. This is Old Testament. Some of you are like, wow, that's Old Testament. So go with me to Matthew 6. <laughs> Matthew chapter 6, and, and I want to start actually in verse, um, are you getting something out of this morning? Man, it's the right foundation. What is the first step to anything we do? The first year, how do you start the year right? God first. You know, that's what we're starting this week with prayer and fasting. We're going to dedicate this week to God. You know, it's like, all right, God, you know, I normally, I'm not at church at 7 in the morning to, for prayer, you know, but this week I'm going to, right? I'm normally, you know, on a Friday night, you know, I've never been to that worship night, but, you know, this week, I'm going to. You are first. I'm making a, a statement with my life, you know. My life should be a statement of the goodness of God, of who is first in my life. Okay, so uh, Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to start in verse 25. Actually, I love this. This is one of my life scriptures and chapters by which I live. Um. And it says in verse, uh, what did I say again? Uh, we're going to start in verse 25. Verse 25 says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry. Tell the, tell the person next to you, don't worry. Be happy. Now say like this, don't worry. Be <laughs> Don't worry, be happy. No, I'm just kidding. Don't worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is it not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Okay, say with me, worrying is pointless. See, worrying is a waste. It puts you in a, in a bad place. Worrying doesn't add anything. It's like, it's pointless. It takes away from you. It takes away time. Um, emotion, feeling. And it says, um, verse 28, And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how, 
um, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will not will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So don't worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, but your heavenly Father knows you need them. So you're talking about needs. He's talking about basic things here. Saying, don't need to worry about those things. So verse 33, he said, but seek first. Seek what? First. Seek first. God, isn't that again? I mean, we read in Haggai, you know, these people coming back from exile, and you want them to take care of your temple before their house? Like, and now you're saying, like, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Like, God, what about me? Right? What about me? See, that's what's so wonderful about faith. That when you test God in his word, when you do his word, you start experiencing things that you never thought of. And now you're entering in a two-way relationship with the invisible God, the king of the universe, right? The owner of the silver and gold and every resource available in heaven and on earth. Seek first the kingdom of God, right, which is, you know, I have a whole series on this, which is the kingdom of God is, is God, is his word, and it's people, right? So seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, or in his righteousness as well, right? Not for your own righteousness, but because he has made you righteous in him, okay? And all these things will be given to you as well, added unto you. See, he, he, he didn't say, like, seek me first and then maybe, maybe, if I'm in a good mood, I'll take care of you. No. He's like, you seek me first. God is clear. He's like, you seek me first, and then I will add everything else onto you. you. Many of you have heard me say this, but if you're single and you seek God first and wholeheartedly, he will add an amazing spouse to you. I'm not joking. That's how I got mine. And guess what? It's better than anything I could have ever, ever accomplished myself or, you know, I, I still don't know to this day how this amazing woman said yes to me. Sometimes I, I like to, you know, shh, let a man get some points in. I married way, way up. But God will add everything else unto you. Because right before that, he's telling you, don't worry. So I want to ask you, what do you worry about? You know, some people worry about being, you know, alone or being single or, or, or not having enough. Or, or maybe you worry about your job or maybe you worry about your career. Maybe what do you worry about? Whatever you worry about, you need to seek God's kingdom first, right? And say, God, you're going to add this unto me. And I'm not going to worry, strive, try to do it on my own. You're going to add this need desire, this want, you're going to add it to my life. And I trust that you're going to do that. And I could sit here for hours and tell you story after, after story of supernatural, extravagant ways in which God has added unto me, not just my needs, but my wants and my desires. I started finding it hard during Christmas in the last few years to tell people or to tell my wife what I really wanted because I, I realized I didn't want anything. And then I realized the word says in Psalm 23 that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. 
It doesn't mean that I don't want anything. It means like there's nothing that I want. I don't lack anything. And if there's something that I want or desire, I'm like, all right, cool. And, and it comes. God adds it unto me with no sorrow, right? Because that's the word of God. He adds a blessing to us and he, gives, he blesses us and adds no sorrow to it. So I'm not bragging about me. I'm bragging about God. You know, I want you to grab a hold of this principle that where, wherever in your life that God is first, the rest is blessed. Always, abundantly, better than you can ever, ever do on your own. See, and we live in a country where it's easy to say, well, I, I'm blessed, right? Are you blessed or is it the fruit of just your labor? I want the blessing of the Lord, and I could tell you, it's the blessing of the Lord in my life. There's no question who's added this to my life. There's no question who's brought these, added these things and added these, this joy and added this peace to my life. There, there's no question about that. I'm not that smart. I know I pretend to look that way because Jesus lives in me, but that's the only reason why. <laughs> See? And God is so good, and he'll do it for you. He doesn't do it just for pastors. You don't have to be a pastor and you don't have to be in full-time ministry to seek the kingdom of God first. You don't have to. God's called us all for different things. He's called us to business. He's called us to education. He's called us to government. He's called us to health industry. He's called us to different, different things, different areas in this life. And in all of those, we can always seek God first. Are you there? All right, let's put the gas on this because I still have a whiteboard I haven't even used. Okay, so um, Proverbs 3, we're going we're gonna to go there real quick. Okay, I want you to read with me. And this is another one of my favorite scriptures. Uh, Proverbs 3, but we're going to start in verse, well, let's start in verse 5. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Right? You think that means first or like second or third? Like, go to him for everything. In everything in your life. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And then what happens? He'll make your path straight. Let me tell you, a straight path is a blessing. <laughs> a straight path is a blessing. It saves you time. It saves you pain. Saves you detours. It's the quickest way to get to where you're going. So when you acknowledge God in all your ways, and is it just in finance? No. Is it in marriage? Is it in parenting? Is it in relationships? Is it in, in business, at work, wherever you're at? Acknowledge him, and then he makes your path straight, right? So don't be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Verse 9, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled with to overflowing, and your vats will brim over, the new, over with new wine. Isn't that amazing? It says, honor God. See, when, you, when you're giving to God, when you're giving your tithes, your offerings, when you're giving, you're, you're honoring the Lord. And his promise is over and over and over. It's like, and then you will overflow. Why do I have to go first? 
Why do I have to go first? Why can't God go first? Can my vats overflow and then I'll give? That's not the way faith works. Because faith is what? It's about what you can't see. If you go with me to... Um, Hebrews, our last scripture, and then I'm going to draw for you some things. I know you're excited about my drawing, but Peter said yes. Thank you, Peter. Hebrews 11, uh, chapter 11, verse 6, okay? Now, we know this This is the faith scripture, right? You know, it's the, it's the hall of faith right here. It's talking about all the people and their faith and all the things they did. Um, but it says right here in verse Six, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. That's why you have to go first, because we serve an invisible God. If he was visible, you would need faith. If you could see your life overflowing, your vats overflowing, your, your containers overflowing, you wouldn't need faith. You need faith before you see it, Right? And that is how we please God. And watch this. And it says, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Right? Who earnestly seek him. See, God is a rewarder. You're like, why, why did God do, why did God establish this principle? Let me tell you, it's not a law. Okay, it's not like, it's not, it's not a law that, oh, you have to do this, and then God will do that. And if you don't do this, then he'll punish you, or you'll be in lack all your life. It's not a law. It's a principle that he established because he's an invisible God, and he needed a way to reward those who would choose to, by faith, seek him, even though they couldn't see him, and that would choose to obey him even before they saw the results. But when you do, by faith, when you seek his kingdom first, when you obey him, when you can't see him, when it doesn't make sense, then what happens? He rewards you. He is a rewarder of those who seek him. I want God's rewards. I love God's rewards. You know, I went golfing uh, uh, New Year's Eve, and, um, and my friend's like, we're going to give you. <laughs> One of them is here, and he beat me, so. He's like, we, I have prizes. I have prizes for you guys, you know, for the winner. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, here I am. I was like trying my best out there, and the, it's freezing, you know, and just, and they're just, uh, you know, we lost. But anyways, I'm like, okay, I want to see the prizes, you know. And the prizes was like, was like these little plastic golden trophies. I'm like, okay, you know, like it looked like a, oh, never mind. You won't understand that other reference. Um, and I was like, okay. I was thinking, like, it's like man's rewards versus God's rewards, right? And I'm like, I, you know, you never know what the reward of man is going to be. It could be good. It could be bad. It could be average, whatever. But God's reward, are you kidding me? Like, that's who I want to be rewarded by, right? And you know who, who gets rewarded? Well, look at this chapter. All of those that believed God when there was no hope, right? All those that believed God against everything that the five senses could tell them that would happen. But you believed God and you chose to put him first. 
When you, uh, another word that we use for this is, is redemption. So he's a redeemer, right? He saves. You know, redeeming means to, to make good, to save from evil. To, um, and so we have um, God, right? Because he's our example for everything. And anything he asks us to do, he's already done, right? He did before. He would never ask us to do something that, you know, that we didn't do. Jesus was tempted in every way that you and I have ever been tempted. The Bible tells us that he, he suffered all of those things, right? And I was thinking, God, how did you do this first, right? How did you show us his example first? And Jesus was the firstborn of all creation. And so when he gave us Jesus, he blessed the rest, us. He saved us. When he gave us Jesus, he redeemed the rest of humanity, right? He gave the very first, right, his son Jesus and the best. And I want to show you in Genesis chapter, okay, we're good. We're going to land this plane here. In Genesis chapter... Uh, four, go with me. This is uh, Cain and Abel. In Genesis chapter four, in verse, um, let's see. Okay, in verse three it says, um, in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. Say with me, some of the fruits. Okay, so he brought some of the fruits uh, as an offering to the Lord. It says, but Abel, say with me, but Abel. Okay, there's a difference here. Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. And then if you keep on reading, you'll see like, God's talking to Cain about sin, and we know sin is missing the mark, right? Cain missed the mark. He brought he brought some of what he had, right? Which is the attitude or, or, the, or the idea that a lot of people have when they bring something to the Lord or when they give something. It could be financial. It could be time. It could be any of the commodities he has blessed us with, right? And he brought something, right? But what did Abel bring? Abel brought not just from the firstborns, right, of, of, his, of his cattle, but he brought the fat portions. You know that those are like, that's like the good part, like the best of it. Like the, not, not just the first, but the best of the first. When I first learned this, I started giving God not just my tithe, my first tithe, and I would pick sometimes even the crispier bills. <laughs> this was just for me. You don't have to do that, okay? To me, I was like, I mean, and don't tell me that sometimes you don't keep the crispier ones and give the ones that are shredding apart. I mean, to pay for stuff or whatever, right? Why do you do that? So you like to keep the best for you. We like that, right? Especially if you're a firstborn. You know, you know how we did that. You know, your parents told you like, here, give cake to your brothers. And you're like, no cherry for them, the one with cherry for me. 
We have a saying for that in Spanish, but I would only confuse you, so I'm not going to say it. But, see, when we give God, we don't give him just 10%. We don't give him just something or what we can afford. We give him the first 10%. There's something really powerful here. It's not just the amount. Like, in my budget, tithe comes off the top. It's the first thing. It's the first 10% because that's the best one. It's the one that is given regardless of what's happening down here, right? It's the first of it. It's the best part. It's like the first sip, the first slice, the first bite, right? Like there's, there's honor about that. And God gave us this example when he gave us his one and only begotten son the firstborn of all creation. And with that gift, he redeemed the rest of humanity because from Jesus, we've all been redeemed, right? We all receive a blessing because of the finished work of the cross, of what he did there. When God is first, the rest is blessed. And thank God that he did the same thing and that we got the same blessing from that. Are you with me? I don't know if you're quiet or, you, or I confused you or... The first best of your day redeems the rest of your day. I don't know how many of you have had this, but, you know, uh, I know that, I know because my wife tells me when I don't spend God, when, don't spend time with God first thing in the morning, she can tell by my grouchiness later in the day. She's like, did you spend time with God this morning? It's, it's inevitable. It, it happens. Everything is blessed. Everything is better when I've given him the first fruits of my day. The week is better when you give him the first day, right, of the week by showing up to worship and bringing your worship and your offering to the Lord. Everything else, because it's a principle of the first things, right? It's not just like, oh, yeah, God is first, but it's actions speak louder than words, and that's, that is faith, right? You can say it, but faith without works is dead. So it doesn't mean a thing until you actually do it, until you actually, you know, say, you know, I am going to intentionally get up earlier because I've been slacking on this, and I want to spend time with God before. As some might argue that the day actually starts in the night, which I do believe that, so it's important how you go to bed at night too. And some might say, well, I spend time with God at night. All right, all right, fine. Is that the last thing you do, or do you go back to your phone right after that? All right. Did you get something out of that? See, I, I thought I had more drawings. And I just don't. But I'm going to leave that because it's like straight and it's got good handwriting and you can understand it. <laughs> Sean's probably thinking, really, that's why we pulled the board for? <laughs> Jesus, he is the firstborn of all creation. Our first fruits, our example, the rest is blessed. Say with me, where God is first, the rest is blessed. So just close your eyes for a moment. I want to pray for you. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to show you, you know, to consider your ways like he told him in Haggai. Consider your ways, you know. Where 
in your life does it feel like you put it in and it has a hole in the bottom and, and nothing's staying? Where in your life does it feel like there's not life, but there's lack, right? And ask the Holy Spirit to show you how, how to put God first in those areas, you know? In parenting, you know, so many times we just try to parent our kids with our own knowledge and our own past experience. And, 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 and way at the end, we're like, okay, God, help me with this because, you know, I'm failing at this. When it should have been the first thing. When it should have been the first place to go to. You know, where in marriage is God not first? You know, do you ever pray with your spouse, you know? And, and I know sometimes maybe your spouse isn't on board, but, you know, it, it if you can come into agreement and you can fight for that time, it is incredibly powerful. Where, where is God first in your finances and your business? Is he the first one you go to? You know, because it says in Proverbs 3, it says if you acknowledge him in all of your ways, if you acknowledge him in all of your ways, if he is first in everything that you do, he will make your path straight, right? When you honor him with the first fruits of your time, of your day, of the commodities that he has given you, of the things that he has blessed you with. You know, when you serve, when you, when you seek his kingdom first, is he first? Is he first? My wife knows this, that God is first before her, and I know this, that God is first before me. So Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would show us in this year, whatever we start, whatever we want better, whatever we're building, that you would show us and remind us to put you first. And that you would also expose to us, God, the areas in our life where we just have not put you first. Where there's chaos and disorder and you haven't been the first one. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's, it's a it's a a business, maybe it's um, the way we parent. Maybe it's a, the way we manage our time. That you would show us, Holy Spirit, the areas where we're not putting you first. We want to experience your blessing and everything else. Just like Jesus redeemed us, we want you, we want everything else in our life to be redeemed and expanded and multiplied. And we thank you for this year, for a year of harvest. For a year of seeing how you effortlessly add everything unto us and give us the desires of our heart as we seek you, as we seek your kingdom first. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking to us in Jesus' name. And I just want to ask you real quick, you know, write down whatever the Holy Spirit told you. You know, if something comes to mind right now, before you leave this building, write it down. Like, okay, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to make a plan about this. And you don't want to miss next week. We have Greg Moore. It's going to be amazing. And in the following two weeks, we're going to talk about very important things as well. But um, I just want to encourage you, you know, God first. Where he is first, he will bless everything else. It will come to life. So remember your ways. James, would you come up, please? Come on, give the Lord praise. Amen.